start focusing in on Isaiah 52, 2-12. through 12. If you have your Bible with you, uh, go ahead and turn there as we uh, prepare to read the Word of the Lord. If you will, uh, you can close your eyes if you'd like. Imagine with me. You've been bruised and beaten. Your life has been completely altered. No matter where you've lived in a land that was once awesome, amazing, beautiful, you're no longer there. You've been taken and you're in captivity. You've been thrown into the dust. You were shackled. You were told when and where to do everything. Your life is losing meaning, much like when you're stuck in sin. There's very little hope. There's very little chance for you to be able to ever get out. This is where we find the children of Israel in Isaiah 52, 2-12. Shake yourself from the dust. Rise up, O captive Jerusalem. Loose the bonds from your neck, O captive daughter Zion. For thus says the Lord, You were sold for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. For thus says the Lord God, Long ago my people went down into Egypt to reside there as aliens. The Assyrian too has oppressed them without cause. Now therefore, what am I doing here, says the Lord, seeing that my people are taken away without cause? Their rulers howl, says the Lord, and continually, all day long, my name is despised. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, in that day, they shall know that it is I who speak. Here am I. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy, for in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm. Before the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of it. Purify yourselves. You who carry the vessels of the Lord, for you shall not go out in haste and you shall not go in flight. For the Lord will go before you and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. God will show himself. Here am I. Here am I. We see a picture of Israelites struggling. And in the distance, coming over the mountaintop, maybe with the sunrise in the background, who knows? The patter of feet back and forth of a messenger. Not only a messenger, but somebody bringing news. Good news. Now the messengers usually brought uh, news from the battlefront. They brought it from the site of death and destruction. But in this case, it is a different kind of news. It is good news that will be not only for the Israelites, but instead for everyone. This alludes to our Savior, Jesus Christ, bringing good news and living a life as a witness in such a way that he shows us how to live. There are three things that I want to mention uh, about witnesses and about beautiful feet this morning. 
And then we also want to tie that in with what Jesus is as a witness and what he does as a witness. Number one, beautiful feet typically are dirty feet. A witness welcomes the messy work of ministry. I don't know if you saw the Costa Rica shoes on either side. I was one of the uh, people privileged enough to be able to go on the Costa Rica missions trip this year. And uh, when we got there, we had a day of leisure where we were able to go and play in the, the sun or zip down through the zip lines in the rainforest. And it was incredible. And the next day, we worked. And we worked. And we sweated. And we toiled. And then it was lunch. And then we wore some more. I, I got to where I didn't know if I'd be able to make it through the day. By the time I got to the end of the day, after sweating so much, after just struggling to make it, I was afraid uh, what we would be able to do the next day or the day after that or the day after that. Uh, later on in the week, uh, we were pouring a cement and concrete. And every time I looked up, somebody was bleeding. Uh, and I, I, was a, I was a little uh, upset, and I you know, was wondering what was going on. But whoever was bleeding didn't stop working. They just kept working. And I was like, this must be a thing. Like, I guess we do this here in Costa Rica. If you get hurt, you just keep working. And all they did was they, they'd call for Renee. Renee would, you know, we've got a bleeder. And Renee would come and <laughs> patch them up, and they'd get back to work. And then an hour later, I look, and there's another person bleeding. They just got cut or whatever it happened. And... Renee would patch them up. They'd get working again. And uh, there's, you know, the blood, there's sweat, and maybe some tears along the way. It was difficult. It was a struggle. And that's what a witness does. A witness usually gets messy. They're usually in the trenches. If we're talking messenger, you know, he or she's running the, the mountaintops, getting dusty, maybe falling on rocks. In our lives, we have... Plenty of opportunities to serve, but it's, it's going to be a struggle. This isn't Jesus Christ, the only one and only messenger. You can't be a rock star to follow Jesus Christ. You have to be a servant to all. When Jesus Christ came, he washed the disciples' feet. He was a servant to all. Second, beautiful feet aren't necessarily pretty. A witness lives sacrificially. The messenger is sent from the battlefront, missing out on the victory celebration, to bring the good news home. I want to mention this uh, story. Shane Claiborne, uh, who spent a, a summer in the slums of Calcutta with Mother Teresa, wrote the following about one of his experiences there. People often ask me what Mother Teresa was like. Sometimes it's like they wondered if she glow, uh, glowed in the dark or had a halo. She was short, wrinkled, and precious, maybe even a little ornery like a beautiful, wise old granny. But there's one thing I never forget, her feet. Her feet were deformed. Each morning in Mass, I would stare at them. I wondered if she had contracted leprosy. But I wasn't going to ask, of course, hey, Mother, what's wrong with your feet? One day a sister said to us, have you noticed her feet? We nodded. Curious, she said, her feet are deformed because we get just enough donated shoes for everyone. And mother does not want anyone to get stuck with the worst pair. So she digs through and finds them. And years of doing that have deformed her feet. Years of loving her neighbor as herself have deformed her feet. A witness always sacrifices self for the sake of the good news. 
When we think of Christ's witness and what he did, we think of Christ sacrificing himself on the cross for the sake of us. He who knew no sin became sin for all of us. Third, beautiful feet bring good news. A witness shares a story that is real good news. Now, football is kind of a big deal here. And I'm, I'm, I've had a bad experience with, with South Carolina, the state of South Carolina football. I was at a game in the year 2000. It's about 35 degrees. It was Clemson versus the University of South Carolina. And from what I hear, it was a good game, but I did not watch uh, but maybe five seconds of the game because I was selling lemon shave ice for my basketball team. In 35-degree weather, I sold nothing the entire time I was there. I gave directions to the South Carolina fans where uh, the bathroom was or where I thought they may sit, but I'd only been to the stadium like twice, so I was basically just sending them wherever. I'm not a fan of either team. I, I don't care who won. I know who won, but I don't care either way. Um, and after that experience, I, I didn't go back to football games in, in South Carolina while I was there. I know it was warm usually, but I didn't – I hadn't watched a South Carolina football game again until about two weeks ago tomorrow because of this sour experience, basically. But two weeks ago tomorrow, I watched my first Wofford football game. But before I I got to the game, we had a little glitch. We left the church. Hank Leak was driving for us. Uh, Along the way, we had a blowout tire. We stopped in the town of Little Mountain, South Carolina, if you've ever been there. It is a wonderful little place, very cute and quaint, and a great place to get your tire fixed if you need to. Uh, the guys played football in the yard next door, and the neighbors literally came out and started playing football with them, which was awesome. Uh, we were at um, Sheely's uh, gas station, I want to say, and we went antique shopping. I bought some salsa down the street at the antique store. We got back on the road, and we made it to Wofford, and... The kids were so excited. I was so excited. I didn't think we were going to make it. I, I had like this anxiety building in me. We're not going to make it to this game, and this is going to be a complete bust, and all these kids are going to be like, dude, we hate you. <laughs> Excuse me. That's not how it works. We get to the game. Wofford somehow stays in it. They fumble four times. They lose it three times. They're, at, they're ahead at the end, 17 to 13. It comes down to a goal line stand. Four downs, first down of the three, Citadel's trying to score. And I, I, I care. I want Wofford to win this game. I've decided that I'm pledging my allegiance to Wofford football. I'm now their biggest fan. I'm on the bandwagon. I'm riding high. But they've pushed it all the way down the field. And, and we get to the place where I'm thinking, oh, man, they may not do this. Once again, I'm nervous that this day is going to be ruined because Wofford's not going to pull this one out. You know, granted, I've been walking around my ankle all day. You know, I probably should have had Tylenol and be, you know, elevating and icing and all that sort of stuff. But I'm, I'm all into this game. Well, it comes down to the last play, fourth down. They, they've got to make this. It's one second left on the clock. It's either in or out. Wofford runs the ball. You know, a little quarterback draw. Quarterback goes toward the end zone. Looks like he's in. Defenders smash into him. Citadel fans go crazy. They're getting ready to storm the field. All the football players are getting ready to storm the field. Refs come in, blow the whistle. No good. 
Wofford wins the game. All the Wofford players were on the field. I jump up and I'm screaming. I'm, I, probably, I was probably like, Wofford wins, like a 1920s like, radio announcer. Like, it was nuts. I mean, I was jumping around. And I cared. I was all into this Wofford game. It was a big deal to me. It was actually it was, it was pretty good news because it saved the day. It saved the Wofford trip to me, to a lot of the, the fans as well. That feeling I got right before I got that bit of good news, where I didn't know it was in the balance, where you kind of could cut through the intensity and the anxiety and all that sort of stuff with a knife, that's the sort of feeling we get when you, you be, choose to become a witness. When you choose to share the good news of the gospel, you don't know how it's going to go. You don't know if you're going to trip over your own two feet. You don't know if you're going to say the wrong thing. But when you step up and you say, this is what I believe, this is what God's done for me, you begin to share the real good news. Now, your favorite football team winning the big game on a last-second field goal or a goal-line stand or whatever it may be, that's, that's, that's good news. You have a good day. But the good, good news of the gospel, what we're talking about, is eternal. It's not just for the Israelites. It's not just a messenger coming over the mountaintop and sharing good news for the people right there. It's for eternity. It's for every single one of you, wherever you are, right here, right now. It's Jesus Christ's message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is here and now. And that should change us. But not only that, it should change other people. And it's real good news. And no longer are they in the dust. No longer are they shackled. No longer are we stuck in sin. No longer are we slaves to the old way. But we are made new. That's good news. That's news I can get out of my seat. That's news when the watchmen are looking over the tower and they see the good news is coming. They start singing. And everybody around them starts singing. Have you ever just started singing by yourself? It's a little weird. You know, maybe in your car or something. But what about around people? What if everybody else starts singing at the same time? Because it's really good news. I'm telling you, yesterday I, I, I really struggled with this. I worked through this over and over again. I thought through this. And I was, I was coming at it all wrong. And the reason we started with how much the Israelites were struggling is because it's the sick who needs the good news. It's the sick who needs a doctor. It's your beautiful feet that go and take the message. And that's what God is calling us to. What is the good news? Christ has died. He has risen. He is coming again. He has changed my life forever. Take your beautiful feet. And go and share that message.